tonight's show um we're trying to see if wendy can um come and join us live i'm not quite sure if everybody knows well you probably don't but the reason we're doing it in separate uh locations is because my son about two weeks ago was diagnosed with covid therefore we took the proper measurements her at her place and me at mine um after the 25th we can join back up together again with everybody so i know she's having a little bit of difficulties logging on so i'm hoping that she can connect if not i'm gonna need your guys's help in making sure we stay live and active and you give me something to speak about if not we might be cutting it short just because of technical difficulties 
Um, as always, we do want to let you know the show is not intended for children under the age of 18 because of alcohol, language, topics that we discuss. But if you allow it, it's all on you. Also, we don't have rights to any of the music that is being played. It's just shared. Um, we start off the show with a shot. I have my tequila rolls as always. Since Wendy's not here, we're not going to do nothing special. Let me know what you guys are drinking. We always like to know what you're drinking. So here's to tonight's show. Normally Wendy is our mixologist just because she likes trying everything different and new and she just goes with the flow. I just strictly have um, lime this time, margarita. Everybody knows I love tequila, so tequila rose, lime tequila, we can just keep it in the tequila family. Anyways, um, <clears throat> as you saw when we went live on Wednesday, um, we picked three topics that you guys chose. Um, the first one, when we did it, the spinner, it was parenting hacks. We want to not. We want to talk about parenting hacks. What do you do? that helps other people or that you feel have helped yourself in um doing this parenting thing you know we don't have a book on parenting i don't have a book i know i've failed across the way just because either i haven't listened or i just felt it was better to do it my way um but we want to know some parenting hacks let's talk about um how has it been easier to raise your children in the time that we live in it's a lot different than when our parents raised us. I know that for a fact. But I feel I've done an okay job. I feel everybody else is doing an okay job because who's to tell you that you're not doing an okay job? You do what you do best and if you have to apologize along the way, then we apologize. I know, you know, my parents never apologized for how they raised me. They felt it was great and it was great for them and I came out pretty good. How about you guys? Did you come out okay? Or do you feel like your parents could have done better at at raising you guys? So, oh, whoop that ass. That's one thing we wanna talk about. Um, so you feel that whooping people's ass, or not people's, <laughs> your children, is the, is the way to do it. I have taken a different approach. I don't, whoop my kids ass I feel like maybe I should have taken a chair to their head a couple of times you know one of them metal hard ones um and raising them I chose to speak to them I mean they they do get their spankings when they're when it's necessary I, I won't deny that but um I feel like back in the day we got our asses whooped a lot more than what people whoop their kids ass nowadays do you feel that whooping children's ass is the best way to go when you're trying to discipline them I want to hear from you guys. We have one viewer that does say whooping ass works. Does anybody else? Anyway, um, I feel um, when you're disciplining your children, um, it, the best way to do it is the best way you think it's possible. If you feel that whooping their ass works, then that works for you. If you feel talking to them and giving them the opportunity to express themselves as adults, even if they are children, they can still express themselves. Um, they, they do understand more than what you think, and they do take in the knowledge more than what you think. And I also feel that leading by example works for your children as well. How you act and how you present yourself 
it teaches your children exactly how they want to present themselves and how they're going to be and how they're going to react. What do you guys think? I can't hear nobody. I don't have Wendy in my ear. I don't have you guys. <laughs> so I'm waiting to hear from you guys. So one of our viewers say, I wish I got, I wish I got my ass whooped, drawing blood too much. I will never do what my dad did to me. So your dad did beat the hell out of you. But I mean, did you come out to be a great adult? Were you respectful? Did you follow what you need to follow? Let's, let's ask that question. You got to put the fear of God in them. I do feel... Okay. Um, let's see. Do you want to put the fear of God or do you want to put the respect in them? That's my question. Uh, it's, it's not a debate. I'm just asking a simple question. I personally don't want to put the fear of God in my children. I don't want them to fear me. I want them to be open with me. I do want them to respect me, though. There's a difference between fear and respect. What do you guys think? Am I wrong? I like to hear if I'm wrong. Sometimes I do. Oh, okay. Sometimes I do, too. So, if they fear you, do you think they'll come to you when it's necessary? My children, I always tell them, if they tell me the truth as far as anything they've done... I'm going to get mad. But if I find out different, it's going to be worse. So they know, okay, if they tell mom, it's going to be bad. But if she finds out on her own or if she has to do things on her own, it's going to be way worse. And I'm talking about metal chair hitting their necks, hitting their heads type of worse. Okay, someone thinks I'm right. Does anybody think I'm wrong? Am I wrong when I say don't put fear in your children? Put respect in them. So, um, true, but yeah. I want all the fear, the respect, the love, the fairness, the understanding. So you want a balance of things when it comes to raising your children or being able to raise your children. Now, a quick question that I have for you guys. How do you feel when your parents step into the picture to tell you how to raise your kids do you take it as an act of advice or do you take it as they're telling you what to do because I personally um, whenever I'm disciplining my children my parents like to come into the picture and say don't do that don't do this don't do that and I'm like but wait a minute I remember you had a broom in your hand and then they would they tell me, yeah, I've learned from my mistake. Well, I wish you would have learned your, from your mistake a long time ago because I probably would have gotten hit. But um, sometimes I do take it personally and I'm like, don't tell me what to do or tell me how to raise my children. I'll do it myself. But then sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? Maybe what she said was right and I should have listened to her or mm, I'm glad I followed what I wanted to do with my children. Um, my kids as, as adults are my friends but as young I have to be a parent not a friend and I do agree with that so there's some people that say you want to be a friend to your child that's going to make it easier for them to talk to you or to want to be around you or listen to you I don't agree with that you're not their friend you're their parent you should parent them Am I right? Am I wrong? Do you guys feel like 
I feel like, yeah, talk to me, come to me, but I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. So ultimately, I'm going to do what a parent needs to do, right? Exactly. Um, I won't allow anyone to tell me how to raise my kids. Okay, so you raised your kids. Now, did you ever give advice to somebody on how to raise their kids, but yet you didn't want anybody telling you how to raise yours? Um, I remember I was young as I'm waiting for the comments to roll in because there's a little bit of a delay from when I speak you hear you write um, When I was younger, I remember my dad used to give um, People advice on how to raise their kids, but I remember the one time somebody told him What to do with his kids and he told them to mind their own business that his kids he would raise how he wanted Funny how the tables turned when it was time to take an advice I'm just saying um, I just don't pay my parents any attention when it comes to that. That's good. So you just listen and just say, yeah, 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 just to calm or placate them? Or do you really just say whatever and walk away? I want to know. Anyways, no, exactly. So that's a good thing. Any other parenting hacks um, that have made... Raising children a little bit easier that you've understand or that you came along the way from raising your children Come on guys, you have to help me and type a little bit faster because I still don't have my co-host on Who kind of we go back and forth and then get you guys to talk so I'm doing as much as I can um, Any other hacks? I don't feel I've, I have a hack at all um the only advice I could give is listen to your children when they speak to you or read your child well well enough to know what your child likes and dislikes. I know exactly what my older one likes and what he dislikes. For example, my older child, he likes to be in his room by himself, social anxiety, he doesn't like to be around people. So when he was acting up, I decided on what could I do to make him understand what he did was wrong there are repercussions for it and I don't hit him obviously um, but what me and his dad did was in the middle of the night when he was sleeping we went to his room and we took the hinges off the door and we took away his door the one thing he loves is privacy <laughs> um, we took that away from him. He couldn't close his door. We saw everything he was doing. He had to do everything out in the open. He was really he was really upset about it. I'll tell you that much. And then, oh, wait, we have her. I'm sorry, I'm gonna put my whole face up in the camera. Hopefully she will join us now. Is Wendy there? Hi, Shelby. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Wendy, I think you need to turn the camera. <laughs> there you go. Hey, sorry about that. That's okay. Our viewers were keeping me, they were keeping me afloat. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Um, interesting conversation. Um, I Honestly, when I heard parenting hacks, I definitely thought completely different. I thought of like things that make your life a whole lot simpler. 
like, oh, as what parents. kids that you have for kids. Yeah, that's what I oh, thought. Okay. <laughs> that's why okay. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's good. I mean, okay. that's something that can help us as well as parents. Tell us sell something them. that sell them. I, I'm all for it. Well, I mean, <laughs> one is almost gone. I don't know if you guys um, have I've learned you never really get rid of them. So you want to make a bet? It's called you change the lock. You move and don't tell them. Let us know what you're drinking. Oh, so um, I already took my shot. I took of a what? shot of the black cherry rum. I don't think we saw that. Oh. No, the, no, I don't think we saw it. All the shots. You take the shot. You want me to take another one? Okay. You know I work tomorrow at 5.30, right? Do you? Cheers. <laughs> oh, damn. Trooper. So and I'm just drinking a Seagram because I work tomorrow, so I'm trying to be sensible and responsible. We don't do that. We don't you do, do when you gotta work at five thirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you heard the when you heard um the topic parenting hacks, so you thought what makes parents easier to deal with their children? Yes, that's definitely because I was ready to like take notes, like give me all the tips, all the secrets, all the answers that I may not have to make my life simpler. Oh, nice. So what do you use to make your life simpler? I use um i'm a visual person so i have this huge calendar that i buy every year and i write all the kids games schedule appointments minds like there so that everyone can see it so it's not like oh what do i have or what time is no 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 go to the calendar use your eyes see what's going on for today and okay. then um i like when i'm like food shopping like what meals I want to make for the week. So I already, like the meals will help decide what I need to buy or whatever. And then instead of having to figure out what am I going to make for dinner tonight, I already kind of was like, all right, for this week, it's this, this, is this. This is what I'm eating. This is what I need. And that's that. See, I've tried the meal prepping thing, but I just can't seem oh, to I don't have... prep. I just okay. schedule my meals. Like, they up to don't you feel if somebody cooks something on a Sunday for a Thursday, it's old and probably hard, and you're just warming up old, hard food? See, I don't cook, like, all of it Sunday. Like, I might season the meat and put it in the fridge, but then come that Thursday is when I'm cooking it. So, like, probably Monday, I might be like, I'm doing spaghetti and meatballs. Tuesday, I'm doing rice and beans. Wednesday, I'm doing lasagna. Thir like, whatever. I write out that. Like, Monday is what we're having. And then I do my grocery list according to whatever I have scheduled for dinner or lunch or breakfast. And then I might, like, prep some stuff like sliced onions, peppers, um, little things like that so that during the week it makes it so much simpler. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. I could do some that. Sense. But, I mean, I don't think I'm that dedicated to do that. <laughs> I just swing it. I'll go on Pinterest and see. I'll be like, oh, I have ground beef today. Let me go to Pinterest and see what I can make with ground beef and see if I have all the other ingredients. And if I do, that's what we're eating tonight. See, I can't do that because then here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be scrolling for a while. I don't have that. I'm not going to the store. I need this. I, no, 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 no. Like when I come home, I'm trying to like do everything as fast as possible to be done so that I can just like end my day. I'm like, uh, all right, kids, tell me what the hell you need from me now. Okay. 
Now, what do you do as far as, a, and, and you viewers out there, let us know what you guys do as a parenting hack that makes your life easier when you have kids. What if you have multiple kids in multiple different areas? Shoot them all. <laughs> no, um, it is, you, that's when it gets really You discourage difficult. them, don't you? You discourage them like, yeah, basketball isn't for you. You're not that great at it. I would be like, you're tight and short. You sure that's a great sport for you? It's like, no. Um, this is where I'm a firm believer. It takes a village to raise a kid. So as a parent, do not be stupid enough to not accept help. Do not be suffering. Do not be prideful. If someone's offering, take up on it. Okay, so what if you don't have nobody? You know it's, it takes a village. You don't yeah, have nobody. What do you do then? You better get made good with the coach. As well as what I did over the summer. You want my daughter, to, she wants this, then this is what I need from you as a coach. Come get her. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> Romero was like, this okay. bitch is difficult. <laughs> okay. That's but good. Like, if it's some, like, most people are willing, especially if it's like, if they're involved with your children and stuff. But, like, there's always, I don't want to say always, but usually, there's a, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Like, schools will coordinate with you, like, summer programs as well. Like, you just got to speak up. You know See, how they say, like, the you, know, you know how, you know what it is, though? Okay, so I come from, I didn't have a village, and I have trust issues. Exactly. I was just going to say, I was raised in a house where if I wanted to sleep over a friend's house, my parents would be like, no, because you don't know. They have brothers. They have dads. So me, as an adult now, I'm like, oh, no, the coach ain't picking up my kid. I don't know. He's a boy, but he could still be touched by somebody. So no, I'm going to figure out what I got to do when I got to do it. No, I agree with you there. I'm not saying to trust blindly. But then that's when you're like, all right, you're not picking her up by yourself. Are there going to be other girls? What time are you coming to get her? What time are you going over there? Text me when you get there. There's still stipulations. You're not going to trust blindly. Okay. But you can't be completely. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> I know. It's, not... <laughs> it's not my moment. But um, yeah, so you don't trust blindly. But you do put day. It really isn't. It really isn't. I don't think the whole week's going to be. But. So, so another viewer says she's she's hard with the coach as well. So I guess, you know, when you say that, you have to really. I guess. Like when you sign your kid up for a sport, Good to trust not, someone. It is, but it's not just a commitment from the kid, nor from the coach. It's as a parent because you sign those papers saying, "Hey, they can go play." Like, don't half-ass it. Like the one thing I try to teach my kids: if you're coming, if you want to do something, you're gonna see it to the end. I don't care if they're trying. You realize you fucking hate basketball. You signed up. You stick to it till the end. Next year, you can quit. Okay. I'm like, we not half-ass it because I committed. The coach committed. Now you commit okay well this topic is finished so what we pulled out of it was parenting hacks um in the beginning i guess we got we got it kind of confused on what was meant with parenting hacks but we learned about how to raise your child a little bit better we also learned about how to make it easier for you as a parent to be to be able to deal with your children when it comes mm -hmm. to what you got to do, scheduling, trusting, which, I mean, that's always going to be an issue. And some, some people got to work on that. Well, and with the trust, too, if, they're after, if the after-school activity is um, 
if it's after school, then you don't have to worry about anybody picking them up. Like usually by the yeah. time they're done, most people, most parents are out of work so they can swing by and pick them up. So yeah. that's the great thing too during the school year. Good. The next topic we're shooting, we're shooting. That is the topic, <laughs> but we're going to go uh -huh. to is mass shooting. Um, this is a, a big one because we took a poll. We took a poll and all of our viewers, all of our viewers, everybody who comments did say when it comes to race, the one race that tops all the other races when it comes to mass shooting is Caucasian. White. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people know what a mass shooting is. So in order to consider it a mass shooting, it's got to be more than four people or four people or more in one place for them to consider it a mass shooting. And when we were looking from 1982 all the way to 2021, the majority, 66%, was Caucasian, white people. I'm just going to say it. I don't, I'm not going to be, you know, very diddle-daddle around it. No, it was white people. 21% was black, 10% was Latino, 8% was Asian, and then 5% was other. It was unclear. So um, when it comes to this, there was, there's a couple things I want to talk about when, when it comes to this subject. It's the race. I feel when it comes to um, crimes, okay, a lot of people say crimes, the majority is the minorities. But um, I feel when it comes to something important like this, us minorities will not do that. We won't do something like that. It comes from Caucasians who will take that big leap and shoot up a nightclub, shoot up a school, shoot up an official building. A church. A church. I'm like, now it's funny how we get blamed, the minorities, for most of the crime. But when we talk about something as big as this, nobody wants to mention race when it comes to it. So a few years back, I took a diversity training through, this, through the city of Allentown. And one of the things we covered was like, um, it was almost like a game where The first thing that you think of when you say something, mass shooting was the topic. And the minorities in there said Caucasian, basically, like whites. And then when they said, well, what's your first thought when you hear a mass shooting? Almost all the minorities in that room was like, our first thought is, please don't let it be a minority. Yeah. And the white people, and they asked the white people in the room, like, what are your first thought when you hear mass shooting? Oh, hopefully it's not too serious. Like, race doesn't even play for them. Like, race is not even a thought process. And then they went into it, like, all right, please elaborate to, like, the minorities. Like, why is it your first thought? We're like, because we know when it comes to mass shooting, the whole race doesn't get blamed for it. Like, you could have multiple white mass shooters, but it's not like, oh, all of them are mass shooters. It'll be like, oh, that he had some type of disorder, some type of mental disorder. You know, he was being bullied, blah, blah, blah. But if he yeah. had been a minority, then all of a sudden, all, the whole race would be labeled as mass shooters. I was just going to say that it's funny how when it comes to this type of situation, when, oh, when they do it, it's a mental, it's a mental health issue, but minorities can't claim that at all. Nope. 
they can't claim it because it's they're acting or it's not really an issue. If they wanted to, they could have gotten help. It, it's the same thing for a a white person. You could have gotten is. help. You planned it out. It's a planned out action. So it is anticipated way before it happens. There's no saying it happened at the moment. No, you planned it out. No, and that you executed it. I definitely do agree with you there. But it just shows like the different mind frame of the race. Like how for most white people, race isn't a factor or a thought to them when they hear mass shooting. But for minorities, it is because we know the moment a minority makes headlines for shooting up something crazy and kills a lot, it's all all of a sudden it's gonna be like, Oh, you know, you have to be careful because they're mass shooters. It only takes one to ruin the image of all minorities. There was just one recently. It was um, in a night, is it a nightclub? Um, it just happened like a month ago. Um, at Kroger, it was at Kroger's, I think it is. And that's a grocery store. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was a grocery store. He was a 29 year old Caucasian who had done it. Why wasn't there like more coverage on it? But I'm sure if it would have been a black or Puerto Rican or Asian or whatever the case may be, it would have been really publicized. And one of our yeah. viewers wrote, minorities is what they put mostly on the news now and day. And that's why we get blamed for so many things when there's not a lot of coverage for um, other things. Well, that like stems back to years back, like even like I don't want to say during slavery slavery period, but definitely like during like the when we were starting to get integrated and stuff, and like it's horrible to say, but they're always like, oh, you know, there's really no yeah, there's no segregation, but there's still that underlying like the whole government was based off of that. Like you can't sit there and say the government's for minorities when most of its laws and stuff was made when we weren't even worth people. Like we weren't considered people, the property. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to, there was like two other things that I wanted to get into in the mass shooting. When you have a mass shooting in a school, um, in a school, now let's just say it's your child's school or whatever the, your child, your nephew, whatever. There are certain protocols that are put into place to keep everybody away from the situation, keep the children safe, and the parents safe as well. The one thing that irks me is when you have parents who want to go into where um. there is a situation just to get your child out. I get it. It's your child. Your child is in there. And so is so many other children. You know, children of parents. You're not the only one. You only make the situation worse if you go there and want to raise havoc on a place that there's already havoc. You're making yourself, um, you're making the situation worse because now you're making yourself a possible casualty because now can't they can't only focus on the children and the shooter. If you go in there, they got to focus on your safety as well. So instead of helping the situation, you hinder it. 
Right, right. And I, I, why I'm trying to understand why is it so hard for parents to understand when something like that is happening? You don't run to the school. You run to where there's a safety zone. I know it, it, it takes a long time to be able to get children out of where there is a mass shooting. Um, so if you have to wait there for hours, then you wait there until your child comes out. You don't know what's going to happen. You can't predict what's going to happen. You, you being there aren't going, are not going to prevent it from happening anymore or any less. It is. And I think it's just literally like that whole panic mode. Like people don't, you know, that adrenaline starts rushing. You're panicking. You're not thinking clearly. So you don't really think about what you're doing. You're just thinking about like, I want to make my child safe and that's it. But unfortunately, by doing so, you just make the situation a bit worse. Right, because now you're giving, like, I don't know. To me, it's like you're giving that situation more, instead of them focusing on the children and what's happening inside of the schools, now they have to focus on you, which you're safe. You're outside of the situation. I yeah. understand as a parent, you're scared, but you should do everything you can to make it a little bit better for the situation. I mean, you guys tell me, am I wrong in this thinking? I, we want to hear from you. Like, do you feel like, oh, your presence there will make it better or does it make it worse? And why, if they put protocols in order, don't you follow them? Because I know in our children's school, if something like that were to happen, we have to wait at a whole different building because that's where the children are ins instructed to run to or walk, whatever, walk fast. I'm sure they're going to run. Because of course. <laughs> but you should go to that building and wait. But then there's people who just don't follow directions and make situations worse. Well, here's the other issue, too. Now, um, you, you know how we get informed via email, phone blast forms, documents being sent home. A lot yeah. of parents don't listen or read. So that's where you lie in. They like blindly sign, hand it in, and that's it. They're not, re they're not reading the whole extent of it. So when push comes to shove and that time arises, since they didn't read it, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That's true. The other thing that I did want to touch base on is um, when there's a mass shooting, how do you think the police handle that when it comes to who's doing it, why they're doing it, if casualties are done? That one's difficult because part of me wants to be like, at the end of the day, it's still a child. Bring a social work in. And I'm like, I understand it's a child, but I'm like, it's a child with the intent to kill others. So... I don't want to be like a forfeited and it's right because if it is a mental disorder, shooting it's not going to solve it clearly. But it's just, it's like a catch 22 type of thing. Because I'm like, at what point do you figure out it's worth to bring in the social worker instead of the cops to talk him down or whatever to save that student's life, this mass shooter's life plus the other students? Or when you bring the cops and just let the cops shoot him to save the other students' lives? See, okay, my thinking is a little bit different. Even if you're a child at 16 or 17 and you go and you have opinion put into place and you're killing people left and right, 
at this point, you know, I'm not judge executioner, but in my opinion, um, at this point, you're it's you're too far, you're too far fetched to be able to call in a social worker. I feel like at okay, this point now you should do. I do agree, but when what happens when they're like thirteen? Okay, if they're well, number one, we definitely know if they're thirteen, they got some type of issues going on in their head to actually go ahead and kill someone. But my question is now, I'm just going to reverse. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to reverse it. Mm -hmm. That 13-year-old now just killed your child. Another 13-year-old. Do you really feel that a social worker should be called into place or um, put them down? As a parent, you're going to want to put them down. Like, I'm not going to lie. Give me <laughs> the right. Like, let me go out the punishment. But um, but you do understand because I be, I recall a couple of years ago reading about it was a nine year old who brought the gun to school whether he had the intention to shoot the school up or not I don't know or was it just to show off I don't know the one of the friends told the teacher he had a gun in the backpack so we will never know what was meant for that right but what what do you say when it's a nine year old an eight year old like an eight year old like it's just getting younger and younger whether it be the parents being neglectful and leaving shit around. Or just because these kids are growing up a whole lot faster than what we did and really don't know how to harbor all those negative feelings. Yeah. I feel every situation is different. And I, I get it that you have to have a certain something into place. But every situation is different. Like the nine-year-old who just brought the gun to school, he probably was showing it off. I would hope. Well, I mean, he didn't get to do anything. And it was like, what was it? Like one o'clock in the afternoon when they figured it out? I don't remember what time, but yeah. It, sounds it was about like right. later in the afternoon. Or even, um, the, I don't remember. We're locally from Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania. The, the kid that brought in the machete to the high school. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't doing anything with it he was just showing it off like he had it he was probably this like hillbilly kid who came from like el campo and they're yeah. used to machetes and stuff so i feel like every situation should be different when it comes to it now if it's an eight-year-old and he's pulling that trigger and he knows what he's doing then by all means do what you got to do to handle the situation if the child, if now you found that the child had it on him and he was just showing it off or he was just, you know, the parent was neglectful and it was in his backpack, um, then handle that accordingly. He's not combative. He's not hyped. His senses aren't hyped. Um, handle it that way. I don't know. It's just scary to think, like, kids it seems like the younger they are they're also getting more malicious because you remember like that whole slender man girls that try to kill their other best friend in the woods yeah and i think they were like 12 or something so it's just like at some point yeah so the youngest mass shooter was 11 at the time it was the one in 
It was um, him and his friend. The friend was 13 years old. They killed five people in the school. It was in Arkansas. This was back in 98. Now, see, to me, it's like, okay, <laughs> you is a done deal. You getting one. You're, you're getting, you and your little friends are getting put down because if you're 11 and you could plan out and execute a whole plan, then I'm sorry. That is malicious intent. And you know what you're doing. And I'm sorry, there's no therapy in the world that's going to help you. You, mm. you. you do something once and you get away with it. You just get a slap on the, on the, on the hand, on the wrist. And then when you're 18, 19, they let you back out again because what you did when you were eight or nine doesn't count. You're going to do more malicious things in the future. Just I recall... Because no, go ahead. I recall reading a case. It wasn't about the mass shooter, but it's kind of similar to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Kind of. This lady, she was schizophrenic, and she didn't know. She had, like, multiple personality disorder, basically. And um, she, when she got convicted or whatever, they sent her to, like, a psych ward. They gave her medication. But they said once she was on the meds, she was a completely different person. And she, But now here is... Here, if, what if she wants to stop her medication at any point in time? She's going to go back to being that one person that she was. Crazy. Another right? personality is going to come in and be like, yes. kill that bitch. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm just like, at what point do we play judge and juror to? Like, I understand. I'm not, I'm just at this point playing devil's advocate, but it's basically that. It's like, we're so quick to convict. But how many cases have we heard of, like, after we've convicted and shit? Oh, shit. We found evidence that it wasn't this way or this and that and this and that and this and that. Like, we never have the facts, fully the facts. But in regards to mass shooting, if you have the stuff and you planned it out, you deal with the consequence. I am a firm believer in that. But I'm just saying, like, we are so quick to judge and decide without looking at all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it says in that case wait for that personality to come back and take her down <laughs> um, anyways we are out of time on this topic we still want to hear from you if there's something that you want to send us through inbox and you just didn't want to say it in the chat for fear of maybe what we would say back or what other people would say we want to know about it but the last 15 minutes we do want to talk about this was the one, I, you know, I know we're not supposed to say, keep it confidential, but I don't care. I was the one who submitted the topic. Confronting issues. Do you do it uh, at the moment or do you wait and avoid it? Do you wait and then confront it? Do you avoid it completely just to, we want to know what you guys think on that. How do you feel about confrontation? Oh, I almost fell right off my chair. Um, we want to know how you feel about confrontation. And how do you handle it? I personally, it depends on the situation. I am the type of person that I like to, if it's something that I need to handle right away, I'm gonna handle it right away. If there's something that I wanna think about before I address it, firmly, I'm going to always address the issue. Do I take a little bit of time to think about how I wanna address it sometimes, what I wanna say? I do, because there is this like switch in my mind that if I'm mad, 
if I'm mad and I confront you, there's a little voice in my head that says hit her or hit him. It's either hit him or hit her. So either way, either way, I'm going to find myself in a situation. So sometimes I take a moment and I think about it because I don't like to be that one person. I like to have all my ducks in a row. I don't like to be that one person like, damn, I could have said this or I could have said that or I could have done this or I could have done that. I, I take my time and then I address it because I tend, okay, when I'm tongue twisted and I'm mad, if I stutter, that makes me even more mad. So I'm going to just hit you. So instead of stuttering, I'm going to hit you. Done deal. Done deal. And I'm not saying, oh, you know, I'm all that or whatever the case may be. I know what I bring and I know what I can take. At the same time, that's how I am. I'll address it when I'm ready, once I've thought about it. And I don't, if it's something that I'm going to address right at the issue and pull you to the side and be like, yo, what's up? That's what I do. What do you do? So it definitely depends on a lot of variables. So who you are, what the situation is, how mad I am. Um, do I, like, it really does all that does factor in. Like, if I care for you. Wait, were you just going to say if I care? Because I, I could have sworn I heard that if I care. <laughs> yeah, like, if I like you as a person, I'm like, all right. I don't even want to say like, because that might be too much. I might be bullshitting there. Like, if I consider you a friend because I know how I am, I'll take a step back and be like, you know what? Let me calm the fuck down and then approach her when I'm calm. Because me talking when I'm pissed, my mouth is hella reckless. I'm going to tell you that right now. It is hella reckless. And I'm going to know what to say to have you leaving that conversation like, damn, am I really that worthless? Because I will go for straight heart. I don't give a fuck. Okay. So that's why I'm like, if I if I consider you a friend, I'm going to walk away so that I can calm down, so that I can come back and be like, all right, I'm going to try to word this in a way so I can be like, hey, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I need you to sit down and just listen. Don't take it to heart because when I'm mad, there's no like, Oh, I meant what the fuck I said. I don't give a fuck. If you take it however you want, you go cry. I'm not gonna soothe you. Go over there. <laughs> so one of our viewers says they like to confront it at the moment. If I'm mad, I wait. If I'm calm, I'll address it. I can understand that, and I totally feel that. If I'm calm, or if it's not a, I'll just whatever. Now, if there's a lot of stuff, I'm going to wait because it's, it's, it's going to get bad. It depends on the offense. I can see that. Someone said that's your pu -pu -pu problem. We all know that's my pu -pu 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 problem. And you know what's another <laughs> technique I've been working on? Because I'm so quick with the mouth. I really am. And I've been working on calming it the fuck down. I started writing. Because it gives me time to look it over. It sounds so weird. But I know my issues. So don't fucking judge me. I'll write it. I will write down. Read it so over. So do you write down like how the conversation's going to go? No, or what I write down feeling. my feelings. Like my thoughts at the moment. Whatever thoughts pop in. It doesn't need to make sense to anybody else. 
Because if you read it, it'll be like, this little bitch, I can't believe, like, whatever. It's just like, whatever I'm feeling at that moment, I'll literally write it all down. Because sometimes I'm like, damn, maybe I was blowing it out of proportion. Or it'll help me be like, all right, this is how I feel. I need to figure out a way to address it if I look and if I want to, like, value or continue this friendship or partnership or whatever the fuck it is. If I wanted to go on a good path, be like, all right, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write it out and say, like, this is what I've had. This is my issue. This is blah, blah, blah. Now, if I don't care or if I'm completely done or if it's a conversation we already had and it's still continuing, you get whatever the fuck comes out of my mouth. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. It says, I feel like if I wait, my anger builds instead of calming down. So then it'll get worse. To me, that's either a good thing or a bad thing because if you've really done an offense toward me, I want that anger to build. That way, when I approach you, I'm not gonna, it's just gonna be like, pow. You know See, what I'm in order for my anger to build like that, you must have done that multiple offense. Like, you must have done that offense multiple times. Like, either I addressed it and let it slide, or I addressed it and you still kept at it, you kept at it, still kept at it. Then that's another whole other, yeah, I saw the comments. Uh-huh. I think this comment's for you, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you got to write down you're crazy. I can see that. Hey, look. I got Not me. Whatever works for me. Yeah, because, I mean, at this, we're too old to be going to jail over stupid shit. Exactly. And we got kids, and you know how you got to be, like, a role model? Because I can't be, like, I don't want my kids to be, like, but you told me I'm not supposed to hit them for being stupid, but you just smacked her. And I'm like, fuck. She no, is. you see, my older one, my older one, he's calm, he's collective, he's not like me. He he has a sarcastic mouth. Now my little one, that's where I've got to be careful with because he sees and he understands and he knows. Like we're in the car and someone's beeping at me, he'll be like, "Oh, you beeping at my mom? You beeping at my mom? You don't know my mom." And right there, it's and, and we all know those who know me know my Caleb and they can see that like oh that's his mom right there <laughs> so that's why sometimes now that I'm older before I didn't think twice I never mm. thought twice to just come at you when I'm mad because I knew at the end of the day I was gonna fight yeah and I didn't I didn't care about any of the relationships there was relationships I could have had that were 10 years and if I felt disrespected or if I confronted you at the moment and I hit you, it is what it is. We're no longer friends. Boom, bada, bing. It's a done deal. But now that I'm older, uh, you know, now that I'm 32 years old. Hey, 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 <laughs> now that I'm older, I understand that maybe sometimes I need to take a step back when I'm really upset and I need to collect my thoughts. And that's okay. If you're the type of person that, like to take a moment um look he does he hypes me up caleb is my hyper and if he'd be like oh mom he said this i'm like he said what you know it is what it is but now that i'm older i need to take a step back and think about do i want to approach it when i'm upset do i not i'm not the type of person that if i let it go i'm gonna get angry i'm gonna get angrier no as a matter of fact, I'll actually think about it twice. Like, you know, as an adult. It is. And the thing is, we have so much more on the line now. Like, 
Now, if you beat the shit out of somebody, not only can they press charges, they can sue you. Like, it's just not about, like, whatever you're leaving on your kids as, a, as a, an example, how you impact them mentally. You're scarring them with a the trauma, possibly, depending if you beat the person in front of them. Like, now they could be, like, taking your ass into court, demanding you to pay and all that stuff. And it's like, is this person really worth it? Was that situation worth the escalation of all this bullshit now? I think that's what I have to look at. Like, is, is the situation worth it? And before, not, I, I could have cared less. Like, I would have done what I did. Even if my kids were there, if my kids were not there, if your kids were there, I didn't care either. But as an adult, I do take a step back now. Um, someone says they journal as well. It's great for mental health. I mean, I used to do a journal until my parents started reading it, and then I lost all trust issues in a journal. Bullet points. There's Bullet points. You did you did mention that to me once, so I might consider doing that. Um, if not, and, there's like a journal app on your phone so that you can like lock it. You can write the note section and put it in a secured folder. Like, put it in a safe if you got one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a safe. <laughs> but someone says it's a good point because I really wish I did better with my oldest son. What he does today, I feel like it's my fault. Um, it's like we were saying earlier, there's, there's not a handbook to this thing called parenting. You're a person. Yeah, you're a parent, but you're also a person yourself. So mm -hmm. it took a long, a, a while for me to realize, like, damn, what I do is a reflection to my children. Before, I didn't care. I really didn't care. And when I say before, I'm talking about like five years ago, which in five years, I've done a lot of growth. Like, I didn't care. I didn't care if I was at a baseball field for little toddlers. If I needed to address it then and there, I would, they'll tell you I would have done it with a whole bunch of kids around. But now mm -hmm. as an adult, as an adult, I do think me personally taking my time and thinking about how I want to address things and how I want to do things helps for me. And then we were seeing how if for other people, if they let it continue, the anger just builds up and then that's when they explode more. So it varies from person to person. It really does. And that's the worst too. Like if you don't, I find that if you don't speak up on something that's truly bothering you and you just let it slide and slide and slide, that's when it, I don't want to say malicious, but it's like it just festers in you. And then you start associating that person with whatever negative feelings you have. I mean, wouldn't you think that if it festered that much is because they've done a lot to you already? And I mean, it for anybody, it doesn't take just or just let me know if it takes only one offense for somebody to for you to just cut somebody off. But in my no, case, if it, in my case, it, it takes a little bit for me to really cut somebody off or not even confront the issue, just walk away and never does, like, speak to them again. It does take a bit. Like um, years back, over 10 years ago, I had a really close friend and a bunch of things just festered. And I literally almost just cut ties with her. I didn't even bother to give her an excuse, an explanation, no nothing. I didn't give her any closure. 
literally just cut ties and kept it moving. I was like, I'm done. I'm so, tired of this bullshit. So you, so not, you never confronted the issue with that person? I was so done. Yeah, I never did. Like I said, this was over ten, more than 10 years ago. Maybe like 13 or something. Like that's how many years ago we're talking about like. Have you, ever, have you ever confronted it right now? Like later on? No, I've seen her around. Um, she was actually at my sister's wedding and I saw her. It was hello, goodbye, and kept them moving. Like, no love she lost. She doesn't either. know why you cut her off. Probably, I mean, I imagine they, like, they told her because we had mutual friends and our mutual friends had seen what was getting to me. They were like, oh, and I was just like, no, it's just the way she is. It's just the way she is. And I kept on making excuses for her. But then here it is, growth. Like you said, I cut off some friends that I've had for more than 10 years ago recently, but I told them multiple times things that were bothering me and they chose like, it was the same bullshit. I was like, you know what? Clearly what's bothering me isn't worth your time. It's not an equal relationship, friendship at this point. It's a one-sided relationship. So you know what? I'm gonna take my energy and leave this relationship. And that's what happened. Now, see, I've had um, a situation. Well, someone says maybe just one offense. Really depends on how you're brought up. I mean, I was raised to fight over everything. It took me a lifetime to realize that I was wrong. You know, I mean, and if you look at it, there's a lot of people that were not raised in this generation that are actually doing the raising that realize how they were raised was incorrect. Not incorrect. Yeah. It could it could have been better. I don't want to say incorrect because how how you raise your child at the moment, nobody can tell you that that's incorrect or correct, whatever the case may be. Um, but I mean, there was a, a relationship I addressed once and I addressed twice, and I was friends with this person for like twelve years, like twelve years, and then I addressed it once nicely. I addressed it the second time nicely. I think it was nicely. She didn't get smacked, so it was nicely. Mm -hmm. The third the third time, I chose not to just address it. I cut them off, but it wasn't because it was never addressed. It was addressed. Yeah. It was addressed twice. Now I'm cutting you off, no ifs, ands, or buts, and I haven't spoken to them again in like 10 years, 8, 10 years. No harm, no foul. And sometimes that's what you, it sounds horrible because they're like, oh, that's a, like a lifetime friend. They're supposed, it's like, you know what? Honestly, if it's draining you and you notice when you cut them off, it's better, then clearly it was meant for you to cut them off. Like, just because you know, you all know one anytime and just because you know them for a length does not mean you get, you owe them the more time of it. So, so what we took out in this like 15, 20 minutes is there's two different ways to confront situations, however you feel comfortable. If at the moment, actually three, at the moment, if you want to wait for a little bit or not confronting it at all and just walking away, it's whatever suits your mood. That's basically what you have to do. Yeah. See, there's really no handbook on that because you know how you have people that are non-confrontational or there's people that are like, I don't know how to express myself or 
So you never know how someone's going to react to. Because how many times do you hear about road rage and people pulling over and shooting someone because they got mad? So now not only do you have to worry about, like, how can I say my piece without having to worry about, like, damn, is this person going to, like, pull out a gun and shoot me too? So that's something else you have to worry about, confronting issues and actually the other person retaliating it on you. Yeah. It's, uh, some people don't grow and you need to treat them accordingly. I agree. Oh, I definitely agree too. I was like, just because they were good for you at a uh, time doesn't mean they're always good for you. Right. Well, we want to thank you all guys for joining tonight. Thank you for staying with us throughout the technical difficulties. Wendy, thank you for joining in. Because I didn't know how I, was, how I was gonna last for the hour. I have faith um, in you. You all have so a great. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, um, we'll see you guys next Friday at seven p.m. here on Friday Night Fights. Yes. See you next week, guys. They're facing us.